0: Hey guys, it's Tana. Thanks for joining me this early morning for another episode of Oddity Podity. Work's been really crazy lately, so I'm trying to slide this episode in in the wee morning hours before I go to work, and I'm trying not to wake up the dog. But I have something today that I really want to tell you about. We've been talking about some really dark and spooky stuff for a long time lately, so today I want to switch gears. Like literally, I want to talk about gears. I want to tell you about this piece of random weirdness that I've become slightly obsessed with. It's this thing called the Antikythera Mechanism, and it's believed to be the world's first analog computer. And we're not talking Apple here, folks. The Antikythera Mechanism was an incredibly sophisticated computer that was built more than 2,000 years ago, and it was discovered by accident. How is it possible that the ancient Greeks could master such technology? Well, some believe that they acquired the knowledge through supernatural means. So, if you like a good Greek myth, keep listening because this is an ancient tale that's still not finished. 1900, ship captain Demetrios Kondos and his crew of sponge divers from the Greek island of Simi made a pit stop at the island of Antikythera. The weather wasn't cooperating and it was messing with their boat, so the plan was just to chill out for a bit and wait for the winds to become more favorable. While they waited, the men decided to make the most of their time and try their luck diving for sponges off the shore of Antikythera. After the crew suited up in their diving gear, which in the 1900s consisted of canvas wetsuits and heavy helmets made of copper, they began their exploration. After submerging less than 150 feet, diver Elias Statiatis suddenly jerked on the rope that signaled the crew to pull him to the surface. When he emerged from the waves, he excitedly began to tell his friends what he'd witnessed below, an underwater graveyard complete with the remains of men and horses. Now, There's this thing that happens when you're submerged at depths greater than 100 feet. The nitrogen in the air that you breathe underwater becomes more dense. And this density produces a narcotic-like effect on the brain, resulting in a condition called narcosis. Narcosis as in narcotics, meaning you get high. It's also called the martini effect because after 100 feet, every feet thereafter that you descend has a similar effect on the body as drinking a martini on an empty stomach. So even though Elias was only about one martini in, his comrades assumed that he was suffering from narcosis and they laughed at his tail. That is until Captain Condos himself decided to suit up and dive in for a look-see. When he emerged from the waves holding a human arm, well, it wasn't exactly human. It was the arm of a bronze statue, but no one was laughing at Elias anymore. What Elias had perceived as the dismembered bodies of men and horses were actually statues of men and horses. What Captain Condos and his crew had discovered was the 2,000-year-old remains of the wreck of a Roman cargo ship. In fact, their happenstance excursion had led to the discovery of the largest ancient shipwreck ever discovered to date. Captain Condos alerted officials in Athens of the find, and the Hellenic Navy was deployed in a salvage effort that took almost two years to complete. In addition to the skeletal remains of the poor souls who perished on the shipwreck was a treasure trove of priceless artifacts which included a mother load of coins, glassware, bone-inlaid furniture, game pieces, a red marble sarcophagus lid, life-size marble horses, and 50 life-size marble and bronze statues depicting heroes of Greek literature like Hercules, Achilles, and Odysseus. Dating the find proved difficult, as did figuring out who the ship had belonged to, where it had come from, and where it was bound when it sank. The coins on the ship were minted between 76 and 67 B.C., which meant that the ship and its treasure had been lying at the bottom of the ocean for almost 2,000 years, at least. However, the style of the statues and bowls seemed to be antique even for that time, and scientists went back and forth on the exact time period they believed that the ship had sank. One popular theory was that the loot was being transported to Rome to support a party being thrown by none other than Julius Caesar, but scholars are still debating that to this day. As the salvage efforts drew to a close, a strange but rather innocuous item was recovered. Legend has it that the divers almost threw it overboard as it looked to be no more than a shoebox-sized chunk of limestone-corroded, tarnished bronze and wood. But instead of tossing it, the item was set aside while researchers focused on more exciting pieces like statues and jewelries and coins. And there it sat like an ugly caterpillar among butterflies until 1902 when archaeologist Valerio Staius was poking around among the relics and he saw something embedded in this crusty old wedge of rock that caught his eye. It was a gear wheel. With this began the investigation of what is now known as the Antikythera Mechanism. Initially, it was believed to be an astronomical clock due to all those gears, but it was soon found to be far too technologically advanced to be just a simple clock. In fact, in comparison to everything else that was found in the shipwreck, it was way too technologically advanced to even have existed during the same time period. Based on the tiny size and intricacy of the gears inside it, the mechanism appeared to be about 1,500 years more advanced than anything else that had been found on the wreck. The discovery of the Antikythera mechanism among the rest of that loot seemed impossible. Its mere presence on the ship threw everything about the dating of the remaining artifacts into question. Some even argued that the mechanism had to have come from a much later shipwreck and somehow drifted along the ocean floor to rest among the remains where it was found. Yet, no other shipwreck was found in the vicinity that could back that theory up. Others said that it could have perhaps fallen off of a passing ship 1,500 years later and just so happened to land exactly on top of the Antikythera shipwreck. This far-fetched theory was also disproven through scientific testing of the materials that the mechanism was encased in. As unexplainable as it was, this piece of highly advanced technology had definitely been on the ship when it went down. Scientists were fascinated, but at a loss. Investigating the mechanism more deeply was near impossible due to the rock-solid tomb that the gears were encased in. At that point, they simply could not uncover the insides of the mechanism without destroying the whole thing altogether. And so, the Antikythera mechanism was once again set aside for almost 50 years. In the interlude, it was nearly lost forever when Germany declared war on Greece in 1941. Quick-thinking historians gathered the historical treasures of their city and buried them in sand before the Germans could loot them. But in the process, the mechanism was damaged further and broken into more pieces. It was not until 1951 that someone finally took enough interest in the greenish hunks of barnacle-covered nothingness to explore the magic inside it. It was then that British science historian and physicist Dr. Derek de Sola Price took to the task. Even so, his research was painfully slow, due not only to the centuries of ocean calcification, but also that the mechanism was now in 82 separate fragments. Though Dr. Price concluded that there were even more parts of it missing and probably lost forever at sea, he was still no closer to figuring out what the heck the device was used for. But as they say, good things come to those who wait. In 1971, a full 20 years later, technology finally became advanced enough for Dr. Price to see what lay beneath the layers of hardened stone and salt. With the help of a Greek nuclear physicist named Dr. Karakalos, he was able to make an x-ray and gamma ray image of the 82 separate pieces. In 1974, Dr. Price published his findings in the scholarly journal Transactions of the American Philosophical Society. It was titled, Gears from the Greeks, the Antikythera Mechanism, a calendar computer from circa 80 BC. What Price proposed was that the Antikythera Mechanism was, in fact, the world's first computer. He likened it to, quote, finding a jet plane in the tomb of King Tut. Now, remember, this was the 70s when the concept of a computer that was smaller than the size of, I don't don't know, your entire living room was a foreign concept. Forget one that's compact enough to fit in one's lap. I mean, they just didn't exist. So essentially, they were looking at a 2,000-year-old laptop before laptops were even a thing. Aside from its small size, the capabilities of the Antikythera mechanism were also far beyond anything that scientists had been able to accomplish with a computer at that point. What the x-rays revealed inside the mechanism were paper-thin sheets of bronze that had been cut into 30 gear wheels. Those gear wheels were inscribed with Greek words and then stacked to fit flawlessly with one another inside a compartment that was barely one inch deep. With the mechanism only partially intact, scientists speculated that the full number of the gears that it had originally held ranged anywhere from 37 to 70. This level of gear engineering had not even been seen in the world's most accurate timekeeping devices. For comparison, the world's most accurate and complex Swiss watches only have four kinds of these gears. In a 2015 article from the Smithsonian Magazine, author Joe Marchand vividly explains how the original mechanism worked, saying, quote, There was a knob or handle on the side for winding the mechanism forward or backward. And as the knob turned, trains of interlocking gear wheels drove at least seven hands at various speeds. Instead of hours or minutes, the hands displayed celestial time. One hand for the sun, one for the moon, and one for each of the five planets visible to the naked eye. Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn. A rotating black and silver ball showed the phases of the moon. Inscriptions explained which stars rose and set on any particular day. There were also two dial systems on the back of the case, each with a pin that followed its own spiral groove, like the needle on a record player. One of these dials was a calendar. The other showed the timing of lunar and solar eclipses, end quote. Though the pointers on the front face didn't survive, Alexander Jones, a historian at the Institute for the Study of the Ancient World in New York, says that an inscription reveals that they carried colored balls, fiery red for Mars, Gold for the Sun. So, not only did the mechanism do math calculations, it accurately predicted the phases of the Moon, solar and lunar eclipses, tracked the movements of all the five known planets at the time, and the longitudinal locations of the constellations of the zodiac, and it correctly predicted eclipses and equinoxes. It also worked as sort of a farmer's almanac, predicting the climates of present and future seasons. All of this information was displayed relative to the timing of important events like the Olympics, because we all know how our Greeks love their sports. It's amazing, right? More like finding an iPhone in King Tut's team if you ask me. But no one asked me. And so, the Antikythera mechanism is generally referred to the science community as the first known analog computer. In the 120 years that have passed since Elias Statiatis convinced Captain Kondos that they discovered lost treasure— Multiple attempts were made to recover more of the mechanism. Famed explorer Jacques Cousteau visited the site in 1953 and again in 1976, and he was able to recover the remains of four crew members. But some believe that he might also have found more pieces of the mechanism which were lost forever to looters. In 2012, another expedition was led by Dr. Brendan Foley, and it uncovered the remains of another of the shipwreck's crew and a now familiar greenish disk. X-rays showed that the disk was engraved with the image of a bull, which is the zodiac sign for Taurus. Since the cogwheel was the same size as those in the Antikythera mechanism, it was believed that the disk was part of the mechanism and it had to do with the zodiac calendar. Further dives kicked off in 2014 and concluded in the fall of 2019. Another five-year expedition cycle was slated to begin in May of 2020, but we all know what happened in 2020, right? So research is still going on today, and it's believed that only one-third of the mechanism has been recovered to date. In June of this year, HeritageDaily.com reported that a massive marble head of a bearded man was found at the Antikythera shipwreck. The head is believed to be part of another giant statue of Hercules. And in addition to this, they also found the marble base and legs of another statue and two human teeth. Forensic odontologists are radiocarbon dating those to determine more about the sex, age, and nationality of the person they belong to. But back to the mystery of the Antikythera mechanism. How did something as technologically advanced as that wind up on a ship 1,500 years before its time? It depends on who you ask. On an episode of the History Channel's Ancient Aliens, Giorgio Tsoukalos and David Wilcox state that they firmly believe that aliens visited Earth some 2,200 years ago and gifted humanity with the knowledge of the heavens and the technological know-how to build predictive machinery like computers. Wilcox points to a manuscript written by Greek poet Pindar. Way, way back in the day, after Pindar visited the Greek island of Rhodes, he described statues that, quote, came to life, implying that there might have been cogwheels and machinery inside of them that enabled motion. This would mean that the tiny gears inside the mechanism that scientists noted were so far ahead of their time may not have been so far ahead after all. Wilcox makes a good point. Who better to teach people about outer space than beings that lived there? On the other hand, there's evidence that the mechanism really wasn't that far ahead of its time at all. In 2017, Paul Iverson, chair of the Department of Classics at Case Western University, said that the device did come from Rhodes, but that it was probably constructed around 50 years before the ill-fated shipwreck. He doesn't believe that the antikythera mechanism was the first of its kind either, but rather a modified version of the original. This means that ancient computers might have been floating around since the Hellenistic period, which was a point in history which artifacts are relatively sparse, because there happened to be a lot of wars going on at that time that wiped everything out. Given that fact, it's possible that the Greeks had been building these kind of computers for decades, and that the Antikythera mechanism was just one that survived the test of time. And remember, that one was almost lost too, when modern day divers mistook it for trash and nearly threw it overboard. Whether the Greeks already possessed the celestial knowledge needed to build these machines, or if it was given to them by creatures from another planet, the fact remains that our ancient ancestors knew a lot more than we might have given them credit for. With only a third of the mechanism currently available to study, we're left to wonder what the other two-thirds of the mechanism did. Could it send texts? Calculate your macros for you? Tell you precisely how many licks it takes to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? The world may never know. For now, the original Antikythera Mechanism lives at the National Archaeological Museum in Athens, while scientists and archaeologists continue to explore the Mediterranean Sea for its missing pieces, in hopes that one day we'll understand its full function and power. In addition to whatever else this thing does, the question remains, how did the Greeks know how to make the Antikythera Mechanism and others like it? How could they be so certain about the size and distance of other planets, their movements, and how the heavenly bodies affected the Earth? Remember, they didn't have any of the technology that we have today, and yet they figured it out, and they created their own technology to make predictions. We think that we're so smart today, but this stuff has been known for thousands of years and without the aid of modern machinery. It really is incredible, and in my opinion, it's not outside of the realm of possibility that the Greeks gained their knowledge from a supernatural source. However, we also know that Greeks sought out science to combat superstition, so maybe they were just really, really good at math. In the words of Adam Wojcik, a material scientist at the University College in London, quote, There is no evidence that the ancient Greeks were able to build something like this. It really is a mystery, end quote. However, just a month ago on September 15th of this year, an article on GreekReporter.com announced that the secret of the Antikythera mechanism had been solved. Advanced Forensic Science has uncovered that the front plate of the device was inscribed with the sun god Helios and his sister, the moon goddess Selene. This was encircled with the 12 constellations of the Zodiac. And this was encircled with a 365-day calendar, all of which we still use today. Finally, the inscriptions of the numbers 76, 19, and 223 show that the person who made it was a Pythagorean. You may be familiar with the Pythagorean theorem. It's an incredibly important mathematical concept. In simple terms, it's how we measure distance. So, the Antikythera mechanism is a 2,200-year-old computer that contains the basis of time, space, and mathematics that we still use today. Or, as the scientists in the GreekReporter.com article say, quote, it is the root of all civilization. Pretty freaking cool for a barnacle-covered piece of trash that was almost thrown away, huh? Kind of like me. Guys, thanks so much for spending your time with me today. If you're enjoying the show and you want a little more, join our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash oddpod. You'll get bonus episodes, a shout out, and some other cool swag, depending on which tier you join. I appreciate you guys so very much, and I wanted to do a little extra for y'all that wanted it. In the meantime, I hope you'll join me again next time, same place, same time, for a little more history and a little more haunt. We'll see you then.